0: hi welcome to the glasgow pt podcast
1: scotland's Scotland's biggest biggest podcast podcast.
0: your host chris bradley will
1: be joined by co-host scott simpson and some of the biggest names in the fitness industry in this straight talking unfiltered look at all things health exercise nutrition and mindset don't forget to share this podcast on your social media Hello and welcome to the Glasgow PT Podcast, episode 57. Uh, I'm joined today, as always, by Scott Simpson. Hello, how are we doing? All right? All's good, mate. All's good in this fine Wednesday afternoon. Yep.
0: What's been happening this week? Uh, not a lot. Not, not not a lot. It's just another standard week. Very much into a routine now. So, aye, yep. what about you?
1: Uh, not much, mate. It's been quick. It has been quick. Did you just
0: uh, get caught in a nice Tesco queue there? I know. I forget that. Like, I don't normally go like shopping in the middle of the day ever, because I'm normally in the gym. And I just thought it was going to be dead for some reason, but it was quite a queue. It seemed to be a slower crowd as well. They seemed to be like um, it's the only time I've been in Tesco and thought like the two meter distance rule has uh, like been annoyed that it's not been enforced because I could have been doing with getting in and out of people a little bit quicker. But it was quite congested in there to be honest. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know who I should write to about that. I don't know if that's if there's <laughs> somebody you can. Uh, I'm sure so, uh, hi, but we're here.
1: We're here. We're here now, mate. Okay. Uh, it's been, a quick, it's been a quick week. Um, Monday, Tuesday, can I just blinking, you'll miss it. So, that might be the theme for the rest of the month, to be honest. It might just be another one of these months that just disappeared past us. So, as the heading suggests, mate, we are here to talk about um, just training as lazy. So, what do we mean by that? Me and Scott are going to explain. Um, the, what we basically mean in a nutshell is that. It's not enough to just train, to just exercise and expect fat loss. Um, me and Scott have spoken about it in a previous podcast that you could actually not exercise and train at all and still lose fat if your goals are fat loss. You could still do that. Uh, it's very, very possible. And why? Because it comes down completely to energy balance, uh, mostly nutrition, when we think about that in terms of creating a negative one. So, the, po- the point I'm trying to make here and the point we're going to continue to make is that just training isn't enough to get you to your fat loss goals. So obviously I just mentioned there that you don't even have to train. But for a lot of people listening to this, a lot of my followers, Scott's followers, they want to train. They love training. They think that that's, that's something they love to do and that's how they want to create that negative energy balance so that they can lose fat. So with that said, we'll focus on that and, and but educate you on the fact that it's not enough, and I think I think it's been brought to the surface, mate, uh, that it's not enough now that we don't have the gym. Mm-hmm. So, like when we think about like training, why do we why do we constantly try and create a, a deficit of um, calories or try and burn fat through training? Because it's more enjoyable than cutting our food, isn't it? Let's mm-hmm. be honest. We would rather burn more than stop eating as much. So it's it's a fair point um and that's obviously why training is now you know it's now taking this big rise and people are getting on board with it that coupled with the fact that we know muscle gains a good thing we know a high protein diet is a good thing um so let's get into the brass tacks mate, of it, like why it's easy to train so mm-hmm. let's talk let's talk about the obvious stuff it's fun it's enjoyable yep. you know like we can hit, we can hit pbs so we can get in the gym build up a nice routine feel part of something uh, instead of always thinking about the the diet, you know, cloud that hangs over you when you're in a process of losing fat. So we can distract the client, we can distract ourselves, uh, and it's fun. We can do, you know, we can shoot for PBEs, personal bests. We can, you know, try a variety of exercises that we end up finding that we really, really like. Um, The next point would be that you're getting dolphins from it. So you, you love it, you come away and after it, you feel amazing, you feel buzzed, you feel hyped, it brings, it makes you forget about work for an hour and 10 minutes of the day, every day. Um, and obviously you get, you know from proper weight training, you get visi- uh, visual changes, you physically see your body changing to a shape or structure that you want. You see your legs getting different, you see your arms, your back, your shoulders, all these sort of things. So that is why training is easy. I mean, I'm not saying training is easy to stick to, and keep up with consistency. I'm saying it's it's easy to fall into very good habits with training. Would you agree, me?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that you know one of the things we know is that um, when it comes to behaviour change, one of the big indicators of whether or not you can effectively get someone to behaviour be uh, to change the behaviour, sorry, is just through uh, rewards. Like if you can somehow incentivize it, and if there's some sort of immediate reward mechanism, then it becomes a little bit easier to do that. And the the good thing about training is that you you do have that kind of inbuilt into it. You, you when you do a workout, like the amount of times where people are having a shit day, tired, stressed, things are going on, didn't want to go to the gym, went to the gym, feel better after but like you'll have heard that countless times. People have probably experienced it like time and time again. It gives you energy. You get the endorphin rush from it. Um, you can. It, you, it's, it's, it's also a, like an, if we talk about it as a comparison, like with diet, it's way easier. And from a time perspective, you know, you kind of carry your diet with you all day, every day. Whereas training, you can kind of the amount of times where people who train in the morning do it because I just do it and then it's done. I don't have to think about it again you can't do that with diet. Um so yeah, and this is where obviously I think that, you know, you hear people say things like it's 80% diet and 20% exercise. This is where this comes from. You want to be 100% on both, don't you? But this is where this comes from. It's because that I think that you know, people still do sometimes by although we've heard the saying over and over again, you can't train a bad diet. I do still think there is a a level of belief in the idea that if I just do enough, it'll kind of undo bad decisions that I've made previously. Um, and obviously you're very, very limited with that. I think a lot of that's sometimes to do with people overestimating how many calories you maybe burn through a workout and things like that. But so, yeah, I agree. I think that it's, it's definitely when it comes to diet versus exercise it can be easier to implement um, things on an exercise front than it is on a diet front often. And that's not to say that training and exercise is always easy. It just, as a comparison between the two, you can understand um, why people maybe find that side of it often easier than it is kind of following or making changes within their diet, just for those reasons.
1: Yeah, mate, spot on. It's Because it's... When you say to somebody, look, you know, I've been, you've been to the gym five times this week. You want to call that person lazy, would you? You want to say to them that they're lazy. Now, mm-hmm. I use the word lazy as a as a, as a a term to, you know, for training and diet here because a lot of people listening to this um, go to the gym five times a week so they wouldn't put their cell in the lazy category. But again, like Scott mentioned, it's because there's – there's a reward to come from training, and you know that reward. Unfortunately, you know, going to the shop every two or three days for fresh fruit and veg and milk and you know, good quality food, as opposed to ordering something through an app, fast food or just driving through a drive-through, isn't that fun? But it is necessary. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And that's where like it comes to the it comes to the point of right. Let's talk about diet. Let's talk about you know, I've said this to before previous podcast when i get a client in the door for the first three or four weeks i try not make too big a deal about diet because the chances are they already make it a big deal it's, it's so massive in society you know that you know yourself mate we've just said that 80 percent of its diet 20 is training so they already know coming in it. they've probably failed four or five times nutritional wise that's probably why they fell off the track no doubt about it, right? Very rarely does somebody say, oh, I just lost the love for my training plan. Still stuck mm-hmm. to my diet though. Never mm-hmm. happens, right? So when we look at like dieting as a as another another method of creating or, or losing fat, it's obviously very difficult. It's I, I, Like I say, I try not to make it the Holy Grail because there's already a massive um, gray area around it. I, I believe that if you can get somebody to tidy up their modern day diet, uh, while encouraging movement, they'll get to where they need to be in a short period of time or they'll get you know short-term results for sure anyway. And then it's about building good habits and learning and education to get keep going further with that and progress, obviously. But the dieting is hard. So why is it hard? It's hard because we live in a modern-day world where we can have fast food and fried food delivered to us within 12 to 15 minutes. I don't know why I know that's scarily accurate down to the minute. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, well, that's how long the uber guy takes to get to my my gaff with my yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah so no so that's one of the reasons mate there's fast food's never been more in your face Um especially with like social media as well there's tons of fast food and junk food uh, pages that are very very attractive to look at and yeah, and yeah. go and get stuff Technology technology's
0: just kind of made it like ridiculously accessible. Technology it? made it so much harder. So it's so aye, like, they can contact so you and remind you. Domino's texting you on a Monday. Hey, come on, mate! Like that aye. should be
1: that is if like with the size of company that Domino's is, mm. like, that should be against some sort of obesity thing that, that you know the government are trying to tackle here. Like, I, can't, I guarantee if they put that if they said to Domino's, right, you're only allowed to do that. Obesity would fall by about one percent per per capita. (laughs) (laughs) Aye, aye. But it it would it would do a lot to combat it, and that's the point we're trying to make is it's just so easily available to get fast food now, Um, and like this is where we're going to talk about right now in this current you know situation that we're in during, during lockdown. Is I mean McDonald's has just opened up, I think, recently, but. These places still aren't as widely available to us. They're no, they're no right in your face. They're still takeaway joints that have opened up. But the point is the most common distractions in your diet or food places are gone for now. And they have been for the last 10 weeks. So that's one of the reasons. Then you've got like social events, mate, where, you know, obviously that weekend there, people just reunited and created a mass of a massive social gatherings and parks and stuff like that. Um, we're not going to talk about lockdown rules and all that because that's what I make this podcast about. But that's another reason that people fall off their diet is, is social events and, and eating out and drinking and like all that kind of good stuff. So that's why diet is so much harder and so much more, so much more of a stigma to try and get right. Um, and how you deal with that per client is always going to be different because you have to go through it, different approaches Based on their history of dieting and how they how they how they tell you what they view diet and like, mm-hmm. uh, because it goes deeper than just um, the surface. So I mean, mm-hmm. that's 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 where we're, that's where we're at before we delve deeper into this podcast. Is we know what we, we know we can build up training. We're not going to say that everybody loves exercise and, training, mm-hmm. and weight training, but the majority know the benefits from it. You can see physical benefits even from just sweat. Not even massive composition changes. You can actually see sweat and go, "Oh, this is fat burning." That's yeah. what that, that's the logic people have. So that's why it's a lot easier. Uh, that's why we're calling you lazy if that's the only method you use and if you're being lazy with your diet. Like you can't just you can't just do five gym sessions and then not prep your meals or track your calories and and, and call yourself fitness. Doesn't work. Mm-hmm. that it really doesn't So let's 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 combat the two, mate. Training versus diet. So one of the biggest things I wanted to talk to you other day about and I've got clients who have done this in the past and still, you know, I've brought it to their attention recently, is out training a bad diet thing. So I want I want uh, people listening to take this time to sit here and go, Was that me? Did I out train a bad diet? I just didn't know it. So signs of out training a bad diet, mate,
0: what what would you think? What do you think there? I think um, one of the big ones is probably just trying to justify choices through exercise. We might have done this at some point or another in a kind of jokey way, like where you're sitting tucking into like a dominoes and you say, oh, well, I trained legs this morning. Do you know what I mean? It, it, we've maybe all done this in a jokey way. I think as long as you understand that that 1,200 calorie, 1,500 calorie, whatever it is that you're getting that you're about to to eat, it's not going to outdo a 60-minute gym session. Um, it's just not going to happen, I think, as long as you have that understanding. But I think there is a – I mean, this ties into kind of the way in which we operate towards excuses in general. I think that, like, we do like to sort of kid ourselves on, and I, I can't help but feel like we're a lot of excuses that you, you have heard and I hear sometimes on a regular basis that you see people using, that on some level they know – that's an excuse as well, but it's, it's, it's justifying things. I think that's what it comes down to. I think it's trying to justify um, to, to kind of, because there's a side of this that is like quite unhealthy that is the kind of guilt that people suffer from as a result of um, something like that, say a pizza, like a Domino's pizza, or whatever. And they kind of need that justification to alleviate the guilt. When the reality is, is what you really want is you really want to feel like you're in control enough you don't need to justify it you can have it enjoy it for what it is and and not feel the need to kind of try to justify it when within the context of um you know it's okay because sometimes it's okay just because it's okay and that's fine but it's also good to recognize that if you've got a goal like weight loss or fat loss for example we need to control calories and maybe it's better for you in this particular instance to say no and what you shouldn't be doing is trying to combat that by justifying it using exercise, because the simple fact is it just doesn't work. I would I, lo- I would, love it. If you could train a bad diet, how class would that be? That would yeah. be amazing. But that's just not the way it works. That's just not how it operates. So yeah, I think people do often kind of do it as a kind of justification more than anything else. Yeah. Um, and it's the problem is is that it doesn't match up. That's just not the way it works.
1: Yeah. When we when we cut into the, the, the brass tacks, eh, mate. So let's get a bit more specific And that what can we highlight that people were doing 10 weeks ago and, and before that they might not have known they were doing? Because like let's be honest here. Let's excessive cardio is number one, right? Excessive cardio would indicate That you potentially feel the need to burn more calories in order to eat more, Um, or you don't have education on weight training and uh, confidence and whatever else. But let's just try and keep it keep it one path here. And typically, what people do is they do a lot of cardio uh, the morning of a night out, so that they can then go and justify it. Like Scott said, although you know they'll train a big heavy leg day and then have a takeaway. Which, to be honest, I, I like that logic a day, providing the, the mind's in a good place with it. It's mm. not punishment. It's not punishment or free punishment for ordering wedges with your pizza. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, as long as the mind's in a good place with it. But what I'm starting to see now, mate, uh, and I'm sure a ton of people listening to this, is that you've probably found in the last 10 weeks that uh, you're struggling. You might have put it down to lockdown. You might have put it down to added stress from work. Whatever factor you may have put it down to, but here's here's a plan for you. Maybe look at what you were doing ten weeks ago and before that. Was it was it too much gym? Was it too much cardio? Were you relying too heavily on your output and actually not focusing as much as what you put in your in your mouth? Because mm. like it's it's difficult to get both of them really singing after him sheet, mate. It's tough. And it, and when we do. We're probably not living the best life. I mean, you can you can do it for a period of time, but it does get difficult. Let's be mm-hmm. real. Training takes a slump sometimes, and then it picks back up. Diet always goes first, and then it needs a bit more a bit more accountability, a bit more uh, honest with yourself. But yeah, mate, I think I think people have got to sit here and realise that if you're struggling to see progress, if you've went back the way, if you're really you know even if you're getting into your home workouts and tons of steps and going out your runs and cycles. You might just be sitting there going, the fat doesn't seem to be coming off as quick. It's because I don't use the gym. It's like, no, now the emphasis has been put on your diet, even more so. Because guess what? When you went to the gym, you also went out the odd night out with your partner. You also went out for bevies. You also ate more fast food. All that's been taken away and you still don't get results. That would tell me that you are too heavily reliant on either cardio machines or excessive exercise. Because, Scott, look, I know I miss weights as well. Like, my quads have never been smaller. <laughs> I just can't I just, I just stimulate them in the hoots enough, mate. Mm-hmm. I've, got a be- I've got a bench press, a 20-kilo barbell. I've got 80-kilo plates. But Aye. I don't fancy getting that on my back and then somehow trying to get it off my back. The bench mm-hmm. press doesn't hold it. So... I could do elevated front squats. I could do split squats. I could do a ton of stuff, mate. But I just kind of got up for it. But my quads, I'm doing a lot of metafits. I'm doing a lot of steps. So there's blood flow there, right? But mm. my point is I can still lose fat, mate. I said this to you in, day, in week two of lockdown. I felt terrible, and I'm continuing to lose fat because I don't have McDonald's wasn't open. Chinese wasn't open. Chippies were not open. I can't go and see you for a, a Cafe Patron. Like, all this stuff... All this stuff was taken away from me. Mm-hmm. So there's loads more, like, scope to fix your diet. And that's yeah. what I get at the day, mate, with people, is that you might have been so reliant on weight training uh, in, the, in the past, and don't get me wrong, you probably did combat it well because you, you, you did train hard. But now I'm just saying this should be an eye-opener for you to realise that imagine if I just actually showed the same resilience and, and discipline with my training as I did with my diet. I, I'm going to push for two B, like a PB today, I'm going to wake up early, I'm going to eat free meals and I'm going to go in and smash that workout, what about the morning night when you typically work late and work and then you get cravings and then you crumble on a Wednesday night, are you going to fight that? Are you going to put your straps on and sit there and no, no, no dial your like, dominoes? like hmm. You want to show that same resilience and discipline because it's way more important in the long run then two extra reps on a bench
0: press? Mm-hmm. I I suppose I've had a, a couple of conversations with clients in the last like kind of few weeks, couple of weeks, who maybe I've worked with over a longer period of time. And we've gone through dieting phases before and come out of those and I've kind of went back into them. And yet, like in this current situation, they're maybe not seeing the kind of same rate of progress like and it, it, to be fair, and, and like um, it's not that they're not seeing progress. It's just that they were used to a, a different rate of progress yeah. previously, and I think you had kind of conversations along the line. And they feel like they're doing more because I'm thinking of like there's a few people in particular, and they feel like they're doing more because they're thinking, look, these home workouts are brutal, and I'm I'm doing. I feel like like if I was going to the gym four days a week before, and now I'm smashing six of these home workouts in the week because I have more time and it's right there so it's not like I have to travel I'm I'm not at uni or going to work just now or stuff like that so I'm doing way more on an exercise front I'm going out for my walk every single day and stuff like that and I'm not seeing that same rate but the reality is is although you maybe feel like you're doing a lot more in terms of frequency of exercise one of the biggest contributors towards the amount of calories you burn on a day-to-day basis is not things that we would typically associate with being direct exercise like little things that you don't always think because they don't require any effort we don't we don't categorize them as exercise we don't even think of them as burning calories or using energy little things like that little bit of a distance that you go to and from work that little bit of walking about an office that you do going in and out of uni like and um, the little bit of effort it takes to go and socialise with people at different points of your day and all that, when you're just not doing that as much, I don't think people always realise that their energy output, although they might feel like they're doing a lot, might actually be lower without them even realising that that's the case. And yeah, in, in those conversations, it has maybe been a case of trying to double down on things in terms of their diet. You know, let's get really accurate here and um, really specific because when it comes to working with a client, I try not to be like unnecessarily over prescriptive. Like, so we, we kind of put things in place and we just gauge things in terms of progress and we adjust as necessary. And I think this a lot of this is down to this kind of idea with those particular examples that I gave of finding that something that worked previously uh, to a certain degree beforehand in a different environment under a different set of circumstances is not working to the same degree now And a big part of that could just simply be that the energy output is actually down now, even though you feel like you're doing more because people sometimes overestimate how much exercise actually contributes to their energy output on a day-to-day basis. And that's not to say it doesn't, it does. It's maybe just not as much as you think it is Um, And how much they maybe underestimated the little things that they did on a day to day basis and how much they were contributing. And because those little things might be reduced, we might just have to get a little bit more detailed with the diet and things like that. It might just be a case of kind of really getting that little bit more accurate than we maybe had to beforehand to really control more of the variables than was necessary beforehand. And that just goes to show the power of your diet and the um, this kind of imbalance that you sometimes see with people overestimating the amount of calories that they're burning on a day-to-day basis and also underestimating their intake. So really trying to double down on those things to try and get the balance where it needs to be for them to see progress at just now, which is a different situation to what it was before.
1: Yeah, spot on, mate, spot on. Guys, if you're listening on Spotify, give this a wee share. If you're listening on Apple Music, don't forget to leave a wee review 5 Star.
0: I think um, the, wee, the wee guy in the intro says that
1: now, doesn't he? He says to shit it. Aye, it. it. Yeah, yep. my, my man In um, Detroit. There. Yeah. Uh, but aye, no, mate, definitely. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things to highlight is, is that sticking to a diet and, and being a bit more nutrition savvy uh, does have less less reward or less obvious rewards uh, than, than going and smashing a workout. So sometimes we just got to do the hard stuff, People often say that do the hard stuff, but but when they say that they're relating to heavy lifts and cardio. When actually the hard stuff is finding a new recipe to make. You know, it's half seven at night and you've been staring at that screen all day. You're knackered for work. You need to go in and bung something in a pan and you know make something for scratch. That's mm-hmm. that's the hard stuff. <laughs> and thankfully during this time I've been able to cook every dinner for, for scratch and and I like cooking so it does me, you know what I mean, and it does help when people when you know yourself, mate, when you get a client who likes cooking, it's, it is half the battle uh, in all honesty mate, for their journey it is half the battle, but aye, let's be honest as well mate, we're not sitting here saying that training doesn't day much like, it's a fantastic tool it's a tool that me and Scott encourage fully, we love coaching it, we love teaching it, we love talking about it, but right now what we're trying to get across is look, can we use hindsight here and just say that Maybe you were too reliant on that training plan. Maybe you were too reliant on the stairmaster, the cross trainer, the treadmill. Maybe you were just too reliant on it to lose fat. Now, now is the time to go. Do you know what? I'm going to really hone in on my diet. I'm going to give, I'm going to give a certain amount of calories two, three weeks to run its course to see if that is my deficit. I'm going to give it time because. Yeah, we can start to see people from different households now, but you've there's less social distractions, there's no pubs. So why don't you give nutrition that wee bit of limelight? Because I'm guarantee your body will thank you. Then when you get back into the gyms, we can put them both together and really see some progress. Mm-hmm. So that's just I think I think an important point to get across here. Me and Scott only try to sit here and say to you that home workouts are gonna get you the same progress. We're not sitting and saying any of that we we'll say now's the time to dial in on nutrition
0: because that is the hard stuff. Yeah, as I think as well, we touched on it in the start. It's that kind of thing of, I mean, so much of your progress is determined by those little boxes that you have to tick on a day-to-day basis. And there's no immediate feedback to tell you that it's doing anything. Yep. Do you know what I mean? When you do a workout, it's like you said, you get a sweat on, you get the endorphin rush, you maybe get DOMS the next day. You're like, oh, I've definitely worked my legs yesterday. Um, like all those things it's very immediate um, feedback and it, it, it sort of um, it just makes you feel you, you feel like you're really doing something and you sort of notice that that benefit whereas little things on a day it's there's nothing telling you that you're in a calorie deficit necessarily unless you're in a massive deficit and you're starving then you are because actually on that point like I, I've had clients before who kind of in a weird way, enjoy that feeling of being hungry, um, because it's like I'm hungry. I'm really hungry. I must be dropping weight. Like, not nobody's business. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's almost like that immediate. It's not like a, a. It's not like a reward type feedback, but it is telling them something. But if you're in a kind of modest, moderate deficit. And you're kind of dropping body fat. You don't. There's nothing immediately. There's nothing telling you that that deficit is definitely having that effect because fat loss is a is a um, a slower process. It's 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 not like it doesn't have to be a massively slow process, but it's definitely not telling you on an hour an hour basis whether or not you're in a deficit. Yep. Um, So yeah, I think I think that is obviously the reason why sometimes people. it comes to making changes within the diet the lack of that immediate feedback that immediate reward feedback that you typically do get when it comes to exercise i think is one of the big distinguishing factors between why people often find it easier to get on board in terms of exercise and training and maybe find it harder to keep doing things on a day-to-day basis in, in the diet i think that and the fact that your diet is 24 7 and you might do seven, one, uh, five, to five to five or six one-hour workouts a week. There's also a time component here. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think I think definitely it, it's it's that, and it does come down to that old adage. That there's so many, like, uh, like, bullshit little sayings in fitness that just turn out to be nonsense, but that one, you know, you can't out-train a bad diet. It's It's true. standard test of time. Yeah, yep, exactly. Definitely. come cool, mate, any way to add written in down on your
1: pad? you want to add?
0: No, no, that was, that was pretty much it, all Smashing. good Smashing,
1: okay mate, cool Right guys, if you've listened this far, please tune in um, There's some exciting things coming in the podcast in the next couple of weeks um, Until we can get back into the podcast rooms in town uh, Which we miss It's not quite the same, just doing it in your living room and that But we make nah. do But me and Scott have some, got some good plans for it We will introduce some series serious uh, Serious? Serious uh, In the coming weeks <laughs> and months Uh, especially for when the gym open the doors, we're going to give you the best advice possible to ensure that you actually hit the ground running uh, and you don't go in there chasing shiny objects because there's still some time left in the summer as well to to get where you want to be. So Mm -hmm. yep, that is going to be invaluable information for you. So stay tuned. And as always, guys, give it a wee share. That would be massively appreciated. Uh, Scott, mate, speak to you soon. Thanks, guys. Yep, thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Glasgow PT Podcast. Thanks so much. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. All topics discussed and information shared are opinions only. Please seek advice from your doctor, health professional, or dietitian.